This is a Federal News Network podcast. New leadership on the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee may be finally breaking through the Senate blockade of IT modernization funding. Federal News Network has obtained a draft of the manager's amendment of the Senate's version of the American Rescue Plan, which includes $1 billion for the Technology Modernization Fund and hundreds of millions more for similar efforts. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why, over the last 20 years, the Senate has been reluctant to provide serious funding for modernizing IT. Jason joins me now with the latest. Well, Jason, aside from the fact that so much for this being an actual COVID relief bill, tell us what is in that bill for IT modernization and, I guess, also cybersecurity. One thing to keep in mind, Tom, right off the bat, I want to make sure people understand, this is still a draft bill. Things can change and probably will change this week. But, and this is a huge but that we're talking about here, the fact that the Senate is putting money in for the the Technology Modernization Fund, $1 billion, and I feel like uh, the the guy from Austin Powers, $1 billion, that's the most ever that the any any Senate, any House member, any administration has ever requested and got this far into the process. Now we've seen earlier drafts where uh, of the of the coronavirus relief plans from last year that had big money for a technology modernization fund. But remember, Tom, they're starting to, the debate on the floor this week, and that's why it's a manager's amendment that includes the money. So that's why this is so important. So a billion dollars for the technology modernization fund, six hundred and fifty million for the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency CISA to deal with federal networks, two hundred million for the U.S. Digital Service, and then one hundred and fifty million for the Federal Citizen Services Fund. If you take it all together, it's about one point nine billion dollars going toward the modernization of agency networks, systems, and applications. And that is huge. That's more money than we've ever seen before. And, Tom, you and I have been covering this for 20-plus years, and and we've never seen this type of money and and probably never seen it get this far in the process. No, and especially in a bill that's not part of the annual appropriation or the NDAA or anything else. So what's the likelihood that it would even get signed into law at this point? I think it's better than 50%, but I'm not sure how much better than 50% it would be. I think the fact is you get some support from Gary Peters, the, the chairman of the Homeland Security Governmental Affairs Committee, from Rob Portman, the, again, ranking member of the HISGAC. You also are going to get Chris Van Hollen, who now is the chairman of the Senate Appropriations Subcommittee on, on Financial Services and General Government, which this fund lives in, in, in that subcommittee. So you're getting a lot of people in place who say, I understand why IT modernization matters. I understand why cybersecurity matters, and I think I'm going to push it forward. The key piece here, Tom, is both the Senate appropriators and the administration. If the administration comes out in a statement of administration policy, for instance, when the Senate starts debating their bill and says, we really want this money in there, that goes a long way to getting the Senate on board, to getting members on board. The the challenge here is is the Senate hasn't traditionally supported IT modernization, so that's why I'm only giving it a little bit over 50% chance. Sure. These people are like someone that needs a laundry room, and that is the COVID relief part. Instead, they're buying a 12,000-square-foot mansion with a laundry room in it. I just can't help but seeing that imagery. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Why has this level of spending for IT been such an uphill battle in the Senate for the past 20 years? And really, you know, why would it change right now? 
I think it comes down to three reasons why the Senate has not been so supportive. I think reason one is there are appropriators who don't want to give up control of the money. They see something like the Technology Modernization Fund. And before, Tom, we, you and I talked about the e-government fund for years. Those as, quote unquote, slush funds, where they don't really get to see what's happening with that money. OK, so we're going to give you how much money and what are you going to do with it? Oh, you don't know? Well, why should we give it to you? Why should we give up control? I think that's reason number one. I think reason number two, and we have to blame the Office of Management and Budget on this, and not just this one, but the Obama one, the Trump one, and the Bush one, they have not done a good enough job explaining what this money would go for, why it matters, why it's important. And Tom, even after we've seen the data loss at the Veterans Affairs Department in 2006, you remember that? 26 million veterans lost their data. Even after we saw the hack at the Office of Personnel Management in 2015, 21.5 million employees, feds, and contractors lost their personal data. Even after the pandemic, even after solar winds, it's never been enough to get the Senate on board. But I think all this stuff coming together now is starting to kind of change the view. The members who maybe aren't really into technology or don't really understand technology or Tom, let's just be honest, can't spell IT very well. They maybe said, hey, during this pandemic thing, my technology worked well and it was important. So maybe they're starting to get it. Yeah. The, the third piece is industry. And we got to put some blame on industry. They have not been consistent and, and, and had a concerted attempt to educate and explain why this money matters beyond they'll get they'll get some of it in contracting. So I think there's a, a series of reasons why the Senate has not been on board, but maybe the worm is going to turn. All right. I was going to say when they can't spell IT in the Senate, they think it's what's in IT for me, maybe, or something. And so do you feel the Biden administration, there's no OMB director yet, and they don't have a lot of that apparatus in place, but can they do a better job making the case, do you think, and turning this at some point better than the last three administrations could? They can. Will they is the big question. And, and a lot of this will come down to who the federal chief information officer is and whether or not the deputy director for management, when they get confirmed, whether he will, uh, of course, be able to continue to make the case. It, it's a combination of those two spots and also agency secretaries and deputy secretaries. When they talk about their budgets, when they go to Capitol Hill, when they defend their budget requests, they have to talk about IT modernization and they have to explain why that money matters and what happens to that money. I think one of the failings that we've seen with OMB over the last 20 years, generally speaking, Tom, and we can't say this for every single federal CIO and every single DDM, but generally speaking, they have not done a good enough job of being transparent. Here's what the money is going to be used for. Here's how we're going to use it. We're going to come up every week, every month, and explain to you what's going on. We're going to tell you about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Too often, and I've heard this from former Hill staff members who've said to me, too often OMB just puts a sugar coat on it, and it's always good news. And I don't think members of Congress want always good news. They want real news. And they've been burned too many times about, oh, this is working, this is working, this is working. Oh, it didn't work. They need the entire picture. And I think OMB has an opportunity to really be transparent, to really give Congress what they want. And the first way to do that, asking Congress, what you what, what do you want? What can we give you that will make this easier? What will get you to support this? Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Thanks so much. My pleasure. And a good get on that one, by the way, that draft bill. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.